0: Vanessa Angel, and you're listening to Reliving My Youth, and welcome to Reliving My Youth show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. This is the first show of 2018. I just want to thank all the listeners who made the first year of the show of success. My guest today is actress Vanessa Angel, who starred in Kingpin. Vanessa made her big screen debut in Spies Like Us. We talk about how her acting career began and how she was a first choice for a certain warrior princess. Vanessa also starred in the TV version of Weird Science. Here's my conversation with her and helping me relive my youth today is vanessa angel vanessa thank you so much for joining us oh you're very welcome happy to be here yeah so i have to admit and i apologize in advance but i had no idea that you were from england really yeah i had no idea that means my accent is good then (laughs) yeah exactly now did you um like i for your roles hide the accent or just it just never really uh had, like, a full, you know, English accent when you came well, over no, here. I, had, I, I came to New York um, in
1: 1983 with a very British, very British accent. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I kind of started to lose it naturally. But when I started, after I did Spice Like Us in 86, I think, um, I got, uh, with an agency, who said uh, my agent said, you have to lose your accent, or so, not lose your accent, but you need to be able to do, like, a really good American accent for, for certain roles. So I started working on, on, on the accent, so it's sort of just speaking like that all the time. And before long, I just kind of lost my British accent, which is kind of strange, because I have friends who are British who've lived in the States for as long as me, and they still sound very British. So it's yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I definitely kind of practiced it. And some people hear something, like sometimes I'll, I'll go in on something and they, they actually think that, that um, English is my second
0: language, right. but, um, but they never usually pick up that it's a British accent, yeah. Right. Now, have you been following the whole Prince Harry thing? I haven't
1: actually. I've been, I've really, you know, what I, I had a sort of New Year's resolution last year of, like, not looking at, like, gossipy sites and that kind of stuff. So I'm completely,
0: like, out of the loop on that stuff. Now, what, what, tell me, what, what's that about? Oh no, he, um, he got engaged to uh, an American actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meghan Markle, I think her name is. She's yeah, I think she's suit. So it's kind of funny that his kids are going to be uh, American. Yeah. Yeah. That's unusual. That's sort of going out of the the, the bloodline, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so maybe instead of being a line for the crown, he can uh, his kids can run for president someday. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah. That's right. I didn't even. I can't
0: believe I'm so out of the loop. Wow. Used to know all my. I mean, he used to be up on all my gossip, and now I'm not. So. Yeah, well, that gossip, but that's, I guess that's kind of news. But. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's you know, it's December now, so it's good that you have actually kept your New Year's resolution from a year ago. Yes. I think it,
1: yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impressive, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I
1: just found that like you can you can fill your mind with too much stuff that's not important and um I've been trying to be more focused and and uh you know, like just uh kind of um controlling what
0: what information gets into my head. Which I think is probably a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's and it's harder than ever now you can you know, you have your phone and your phone has oh, everything know. and it's and, yeah. like, constant, right? I know. It it, it, it it is. It's really
1: hard. I have a sixteen and a half year old daughter who you know, a this typical teenager and I just like constantly just Snapchat it's this constant stream of of you know, information that
0: frankly is just not that <laughs> it's kinda of useless. Yeah, I the way that they communicate now. So totally. Oh, look at this, it's so funny, look at that and I'm like, you know, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have like, you know, a thirteen year old son and oh, you he's oh. you know, he's like you know, he's on his phone a lot, but you know, not really with the Snapchat as much, but my daughter who's seven, luckily oh. she doesn't have her own phone yet, but she's addicted to YouTube and she ha- she watches these families just and they get millions of views and all they do is just do the daily routines they'll they'll go to uh you know target they'll go to the supermarket the kids going to the dentist and she's sitting there like a zombie watching these stupid videos i'm you're like are I kidding mean, that's just like real life stuff that, that she could be doing exactly and then you know she'll i'll I'll find like these 12 13 minute videos on my phone of her just playing with her dolls i'm like abby you know it, it's so cute but it's like you're wasting my space on my phone
1: I didn't yeah, I, that yeah, my, my daughter got a phone when she was about, I guess, eleven, so she's twelve maybe. But yeah, I mean there's things I guess like progress, like what, what kids are into and stuff, but it, yeah, I mean at least with sort of like scripted entertainment there's there's a certain level of entertainment value that's that's sort of beyond real life. It's you know, fantasy or, or you know, some, some something that kinda of takes you out of the, the daily uh Thing, but the fact that people want to
0: actually see just like mundane <laughs> yeah. things—well, like, I guess well, she's seven, so she—yeah, she, she's not. She, she she doesn't have a discerning palate at this point, but but yeah, it's 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 crazy how much content there is now and how yeah everywhere uh, and, yeah. yeah and all you need now is your phone just to make all the stuff yeah. and it's no, yeah it's, it's changed it's... so much since I started in the business, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I was speaking of like being in the business. How did you get discovered?
1: called John Landis um, saw some photos of me in a magazine, and he was casting his movie Spies Like Us way back in the yeah. 80s.
2: And um, so he had requested uh, to see me for the role of the you know the Russian kind of the Russian rocket crew member who was you right. know sort of window dressing part because I, I, I hadn't
1: done any acting other than like at school you know plays and stuff. Um, so I met him and. Uh, he really liked me for the part, and I just kind of fell like you know fell into it like really easily and quickly, and and I got really spoiled because that experience was it was a big budget movie with you know Warner Brothers movie, and we shot it in Norway and London at Pinewood Studios and a little bit in L. A. And so I thought that that's what like every
2: movie experience <laughs> would be like, and um so, and you know it also kind of threw me in the deep end because I
1: got um. Taken on by William Morris Agency, which is, you know, at the time was one of the biggest agencies, and and I got to, uh, you know, to sort of meet a lot of big directors and go out on like big projects before I was really ready to do, to do that. So yeah, so I kind of got thrown in. I think it was, you know, I look back now and I just think it was sort of meant to be somehow. I mean, I always liked acting in school, but I never thought that I would pursue it as a career.
0: Right, and like, that movie was, a, was you know, actually a good test, you know, you had a small part, you get to see how the business is really run, and then kind of go and, you know, take classes and, you know, really learn how to be an actress. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what I did, you know, when, when my agent had sent me, I remember, I think, John Carpenter was, like, probably like the first
0: audition I had, and it was for that movie, Big Trouble in Little... Oh, you know, Little Trouble Kurt movie, Russell, right? yeah. Yeah, and I remember, you know, I hadn't even really read a
1: script before, in Spice, I than Spies Like Us, and he asked me like what did i think of the script and 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 i just was really
2: honestly I, well i really liked it but i thought the ending you know i was really kind of like critical of it right. uh, and my agent was like no no no, you don't do that like you, you don't like you know at the, at the stage that i was at you know if you're like a biggest average star you can probably
1: start having mm. those discussions but um so i was really like just learning as i went and i realized i really needed to have some kind of foundation so I uh, started studying, and then I actually got into the Actors Studio in New York from from the teacher that I was studying with, and and I did that for about three years, which was a great foundation, great foundation. So yeah, I'm really I'm really kind of yeah. So it was it was a different kind of path. You know, most people don't do it that way, but
0: but um, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was it was a great opportunity. And I, I, as I said, I look back and feel like that was probably just meant to be for me. Right. Um, you spent three years in New York. How old did you enjoy your time in New York? I love New York. I, I, I moved there in
1: 83 from London. I grew up in London, just outside London, and, and I started modeling. And I was modeling in Paris and Milan and London, and um, I was invited to New York to model for the summer by Eileen Ford, who was a big agent at the time, and uh, I just intended to for a summer and I just I had one of those cathartic moments literally, you know they say that you have sort of five huge moments in your life, right. change the course of your life and I remember driving from Kennedy Airport um, into the city and you see the city skyline and I just had this, and I was only 17 and I had this feeling that I would not go back to England and, and I would this was my new home and this was my new life, it was just It was so profound i can i remember it to this day and i just fell in love with new york and i ended up staying way beyond the summer and i was there for from 83 until like
0: the early 90s so almost 10 years so
2: yeah it's a great city i I love it i was modeling
1: at that time and doing commercials and started acting a, a little bit and it's you know it's it's a it's a great place to be when you're young and you're resilient and you have a lot of energy i think now now I'm not sure that I, I could live there because it's almost too much stimulus. Right, exactly. You know,
0: I like visit,
1: but it's like oh my I mean at least in Manhattan
0: I think it would be a little much. Yeah. You know, at that time it would it was fantastic. Yeah, and now it's like perfect for me being living in suburbia so to speak, you know, and commuting into, into the city each day. So you get just a bit yeah, you enough of it. The, enough of it, but then you can get back to the a little more peace and quiet. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, now, I mean, because I, I work, like, on Fifth Avenue, you know, not too far from Trump Plaza, so that uh-huh. whole area is just a touristy trap, so you get everybody, uh-huh. you know, searching, you know, the windows of, you know, uh, Rolex and all the Macy's and Saks and, you yeah. know, all that stuff, and it's just like, I just need to go to work, you know, please. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, God, I, I remember those days of trying to, that na- Fifth Avenue in the 50s, is like, trying to navigate. Oh, exactly, exactly where I am, yeah. yep. No, I know, yeah. And then you, you try to like go in the street for a second, and you get, you know, almost sideswiped by, you know, a bus or a oh, cab. Oh, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I remember, like, one of your early TV roles being on The Equalizer for an episode. Yeah, I, re- yeah, I used to love that, that show. Much. yeah now like you know working with uh like Edward Woodward you know who yeah, yeah did like your accent come out a little with, with like working with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even though I, you know I've lived in the states way longer than I ever lived in England now, but but uh, yeah, I think you always kind of feel a something,
2: a connection to people uh, from the place that you grew up, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Do you get to uh, go back a lot? Um, I I used I was I used to go back. My my dad and my mom passed away last year, so oh, I'm I was sorry. going. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, somewhere, I've never been to Europe, so that's on my bucket list oh, to really, get there. Oh, you must go, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely London, Paris, Rome, so,
1: uh, I mean, Spain is ama- I mean, yeah, Eastern Europe is amazing too. I, I actually was really fortunate in the early 2000s, I got to do quite a lot of movies in Eastern Europe, in Romania and Bulgaria. Um, which was really interesting because I hadn't even growing up in England. I had traveled quite a bit around Europe, but I hadn't really been to the sort of
0: Eastern Europe, European part, So that was, that was really nice. Right. Yeah, and I, I, it's kind of embarrassing to admit. I just got my passport last year, so <laughs> oh, <you
1: did? laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I hope you make a trip over there. It's definitely worth
0: it. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I plan too. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. Now, I remember, like, some other of your TV work, um, Melrose Place, I remember you had a couple episodes there. Yes. You know, I think, I think you made out with Daphne and Zinglinga on the I on the, did. Yeah. Well, that character was based on this, very loosely, this, this very well-known model called Gia. Oh, yeah. I and, and Joey did a movie. Uh, That's right, yeah,
2: an HBO movie, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, yeah, those kind of roles are, are really fun to play, though, actually, because it's so not like me. Right. Um, so you can really sort of step outside yourself and, and do something that you would never, <laughs> never do in, in real life.
2: So I, I, I had fun. Yeah. I had fun, fun
0: on that. Yeah. Now, did you enjoy, like, doing those, like, guest starring roles as opposed to, like, being, like, you know, a lead in, like, a TV show? You can kind of, like, showcase your talents from, like, you know, from show to show. Okay. Right, now that kind of brings me up to uh, Weird Science now. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were actually auditioned for Kelly LeBrock's role in the movie, right?
2: Lisa or was she yeah. a, a teacher or she was a, you know she had a
1: you know a kind of chance to show like slightly different sides to herself so I knew that that was going to be
0: part of it which was which was great yeah now yeah when you uh auditioned for the tv show did you watch the movie at all just kind of like to get a reference or you just kind of wanted to go in kind well, of fresh I had,
1: the, I had seen the movie you know a few years before okay <laughs> and, then, and then I think we decided it would be better not to do that just so it didn't seem like it was
0: like trying to really like sort of you know emulate her exactly yeah um so yeah so it it, it, it just, we didn't do it with the accent but... yeah because like John Hughes like movies that turn into TV shows never really did well uh, until Weird Science I mean they had like awful Ferris Bueller TV show I think Jennifer Aniston was in it oh my
2: god I well, didn't even
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I, she played the um, the sister, the uh, Jennifer Gray character from the movie. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, uh, weird science because it had John Landis behind it. Right. I it got an order for thirteen episodes
1: right off the bat, so they they weren't even basing it just on the pilot. But it's so hit or, hit or miss with with TV pilots; you just never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I think it was just a, it's a great premise for a show. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it was kind of like the pre, you know that
0: that. I dream of a genie or something, you know? Yeah, exactly, that whole, yeah. That whole kind of premise of, um,
1: you know, the genie and the and the teen kids and the, you know, the desires of, hmm. of that, like, time in your life. And, it, you, know, it was, you know, fun. And it was really well written, actually. Like, I look back on it, and the writers were, were so talented, and the showrunners were, were amazing. I mean, they went on to do some really great stuff after that, too. Um, so it was really, you know... It, 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 And plus it was, you know, USA Network, it was their first scripted series and and it was before cable channels were doing their own scripted stuff. So it was kind of like slightly new in that way, Um, you know, and so it's it's kind of amazing that it did find an audience the way it did actually.
0: Yeah, you you bring up a good point like being on USA because, you know, having, having a chance kind of to grow on a network like that, whereas, you know network TV may not have given it a chance yeah
1: exactly if it was on like one of the you know, NBC or something or, yeah I mean they usually if it doesn't work in the first three airings if they don't get good ratings then it's yanked usually so that's exa- very true yeah I think that the fact that it was on on cable and it was kind of the beginning of that sort of time you know the cable channels doing scripted shows I
0: think it that gave it a little bit more more of a chance which was great yeah and like you know I'm, like it's different with the movie because on the tv show it has chance for the characters to grow like Lisa's character to grow and uh, Wyatt and Gary so it was it was really good to you know to see that you know kind of you know maturation over the series run exactly yeah so then you I would assume like hiatus time you started filming Kingpin right
2: episodes, you know, from, like, November until March, and then we'd go from June until
1: November. It was, like, you know, usually, like, a like a network show, you're, you're shooting from August until the following end of March, always,
2: but, but now it's scheduled sort of a, with cable and everything. Right.
0: Imagine yeah how um how did you get involved in that movie?
2: <laughs> but then um, I was
1: so thrilled when I got it because, you know, I think it was a long shot. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, it was another one of those meant to be, meant
2: to
0: be roles. Yeah, I mean, just like the beginning of that movie, it just sucks you right in with the whole him coming into, you know, uh, Disco Inferno <laughs> back in the 70s. It's, yeah. Yeah. Because well, I mean, there's, so, there's so much humanity in it, even though it's sort of a, you know... Very gross-out humor, kind of right. Of silly sight gags and stuff. There, there, I think that Woody's character was so um, relatable to so many people that
1: just that struggle that people go through and the journey that he went through. And I think that that kind of brought it, brought some realness to it, you know. And that juxtaposed, juxtaposed with
0: the with the silliness, kind of really worked. Yeah, I because mean, you basically were like the straight man to. Uh... You know Randy yeah. Quaid and Woody Harrelson, so to speak.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then Bill and Randy were also Bill Murray and Randy Quaid were also pretty, pretty
0: funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: pretty crazy. So yeah, I was kind of. I, yeah, I mean, I was more of the straight, straight man in that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Now, um, Bill Bill Murray's character in the movie is just like, cla- it's classic. I
2: mean. It, I don't
1: know. He's so brilliant. I mean, he on the page I mean, it was you know on the page it was not nearly as, as interesting as his, he made it. He he really. I mean, he was genius in that role, and he really. He just. I mean, he does that with everything, but he just made it. I mean, it was it, it was still a well written role on page, but he he really kind of just just added and made made it
2: brilliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, working with Randy Quaid, uh, did you sense any like kind of him going off the rails as he kind of has now? I know it's so sad. Yeah. I'm
1: He's, he, you know, I mean, he's kind of quirky, like most actors are a little bit quirky, right. but, but uh, no, I mean, like he, he's a very gentle man, actually. Like I don't like, I
0: I, I don't know what happened. It's really tragic. Yeah, because he's he's a brilliant actor. I mean, all oh, his roles, so, yeah. I
1: mean, and just a lovely person, like just you. No, I mean, I, I don't, I I really don't know, don't know what happened there. I, I really hope the best, wish the best for him, because it, you know, I don't, I think. Like, really
0: just kind of baffling yeah absolutely definitely now was it true that you were actually like the lead to get xena yeah i i actually um rob tappert
1: was, was a producer that was also working at universal and so i would so our paths would cross sometimes right. on the lot because uh weird sands also shot at universal a lot at universal and um he,
0: I, I had actually gone in to read for uh, when they were doing Hercules. Okay, kind of yeah. A, a role, I think, of his wife
1: or something. And they'd really liked me. And, and it was the same time um, as Weird Science was sort of on the plate. And I decided to do Weird Science instead. Um, so he had remembered me from that. And, and the original Xena character was actually a three-part um, Hercules episode. Um, so when they were shooting that i was on hiatus from weird science and they had because they had
2: liked me from from reading for the other the original hercules role i mean for the for the wife right i forget her name now um they they had he kept me in mind so he he
1: almost kind of created that role for me and uh i was so excited because it was such a different role than anything i would ever played and it was very physically challenging and she's very strong and you know a lot of things that i hadn't really had the chance to play yet and i had a lot of i had to do like six weeks of horse riding training and sword fighting training and martial arts training and and uh it was right before the holidays and um i went back to england to see my family and i picked up like a really
2: nasty flu um on the way over and i had to be in new zealand by like
1: right before the new year to start shooting like beginning of january and i got so so sick that i literally couldn't like get on the plane and fly so they had to recast me and at that point it wasn't a series it was just three a three-parter and they had to find somebody in new zealand so so they had so they
2: found lucy lawless because it was literally between christmas and new year where the whole industry kind of shuts down right
1: um but i really i look back and i just think that that was somehow i was meant to get out of the way for lucy lawless because she ended up not only being great in the role, but, like, she married Rob Pappert, and, you know, they have three kids. Yeah. And so I kind of feel, like, in a weird, like, whimsical way that I was supposed
2: to get out of the way for that union to happen. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's, my, that's, my, that's the way
0: that I, like, make myself feel better about it, anyway. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, if, like, say you got that, and um, you did the three parts, and they picked up the series, now I'm sure you yeah. would have different... Difficult yeah. decision, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't have been able to do it, actually, because I was
1: shooting. I was I was already committed to weird stuff. Right,
0: right. So that's what I was that's saying. That's a really good point. Like, even if I'd
1: done the three-part thing, I would not. And then, and then they just decided to spin it off to a series. They would have had to have recast me in
2: the you know, for, the series anyway. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it worked out anyway for for, for Lucy. <laughs>
1: great role and and uh and uh, and a wonderful family (laughs) family out of it
0: too so yeah exactly and and you met your husband on the set of uh weird science correct yeah you mean you mean rob Tabern? oh my husband yeah i'm sorry yeah yes i did he was friends with um lee turgeson who played Chet. chet yeah Yeah, so you see, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and, and Lee had some great roles. He was on Oz. Oh, yeah, he's he's so brilliant. I and mean, He's one of the most brilliant actors, underrated probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely he, underrated. He can do the, the most crazy comedy, and he can do the most intense
1: drama, like, brilliantly, both. I mean, he's so versatile. He's he's really
0: great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you, you took up uh, took off some time to raise your daughter, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to miss like any you know of the first. Having kids, you don't you know you don't you want to be there as much as you can at least. Yeah, a- a- absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the roles that you kind of I'm sure you did while your daughter was young was on Entourage, playing yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was what was that 2005 or something. Yeah, sure, she was only about four then. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was kind of a spoof
2: actually. Well, I had done I had worked with Doug Allen, who's the show creator. Right. On um that movie, Kissing a Fool. Okay. Yeah, David Schumer. Um, <laughs> I yeah. about it and it's not particularly my thing but right. like you know I I appreciate that it's their thing so I don't I don't want I don't mean to make
0: fun of it by any means but but um but I uh, just thought that some of the stories I told them from some of the conventions cuz a lot of the fans know more information than you do Yeah exactly. Yeah, there was this great Saturday Night Live skit back in the 80s when William Shatter hosted and he was he was at kind of a convention and he was answering questions and he's you know big into horses and stuff like that one of the fans asked him about his horses how they had you know a mare and bill was like he had no idea you know that his own horse had a, another horse but the fans did so, Yes, yeah, so and then he just went off, it's like, you know, come on guys, just get a life, you know, I mean, get out, of, you know, get out of your parents, you know, basement, you know, do something with your life, it was, it was really funny, and just how, that was like 30 years ago. But, but yeah, he's, he's actually, for, because I've done quite a lot of conventions at this
1: point, he, he's one of the ones that apparently is not, this not the nicest to fans, like he doesn't really, you know, and, and I've, re, I've, re, I've actually learned a lot through doing conventions, like because you really meet just a cross-section of people that you would never normally meet
2: absolutely and
1: you know as as an actor you know ultimately that's what we're doing we're we're trying to communicate with people and we're trying to share a little bit of you know human stories with people and the more diverse people that you meet you know the more interesting and the more enriching it is so i've actually met some fascinating people through through the process of doing conventions and just seeing their passion you know, I mean, my passion is for other things, but, you know, it's it just, there's something wonderful when you see someone who just is is just committed to something
0: and just loves something and just gets fired up by something. There's something, you know, wonderful about that. Yeah, and just, like, spending even, like, two minutes with that person makes their, like, day, yeah, week, year, so. Exactly. I mean, to me, I'm just me. I'm just, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, I,
2: I, I don't think that I'm amazing by any means. <laughs>
0: Now, um, is one of your passions your clothing line?
1: Yeah, well I I love fashion but I I actually I haven't been doing that um anymore just because it was taking up so much okay. of my time. For quite a few years, and I worked with a lot of fashion designers and photographers, and and strangely, that whole community, like through Facebook, has become like I've reconnected with a lot of the people that I was, you know, worked with in New York right. in that industry, and so it, it's something that, that's dear to my heart, and, my, and, and I and and I do and I do love
0: it. Yeah, you <laughs> funny you mentioned Facebook. I always joke that who needs to go to like high school college reunions because you can just have them on Facebook now. Exactly. You know, <laughs> exactly. I know it's funny the people that you that you kind of reconnect with. Uh, it's it's really and, and for me like you know like
1: I said the the fashion modeling industry is is one of the ones that's really kind of connected, stayed connected from that from that period from the sort of
0: eighties and nineties. Right. Now, were you ever approached to do like a like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue or anything like that?
2: confused with Victoria's Secret. I think right. Victoria's Secret, but I don't think I ever did I
1: think there was some reason for it now, but no, I never I never did
0: that. Right. I never I never did um Sports Illustrator. Okay. Even yeah. though I should have known. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, you still can, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know at this point, but
2: yeah, i it, it's I
1: remember being asked to be Playboy that I turned down because I just you know, I, I, I always it's funny because like, you know, people always think of me in terms of like you know
2: because slides like us and weird science right. and kind of like you know sexy outfits and stuff and but
1: it, it wasn't it wasn't really like where I felt the most comfortable to be honest you know it's like I was never never one for kind of, for kind of wearing super revealing outfits and you know I, I it's not really my I mean I'm fine taking a photo in a bathing suit and I was back then too
0: but but um. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I did
1: it. I mean, I did all
0: right. the bathing suit stuff, but it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to do. Yeah, well, that was on Baywatch, right? <laughs> also? Yeah, that's right, Baywatch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, running around, and, and, and at least that was a one one thing. Yeah. Now, like, the, speaking of Baywatch, I, I really didn't watch Baywatch that much. Uh, how was the audition process like for that?
1: It, maybe it was even a series regular role, and then, on, on, was it, the, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't, it's like a long time ago. I, I do remember reading for them, I think it was for a series regular role, and then, and then I ended up not getting that, I think. And then, like, they wanted me to play Megan, and they were kind of planning on, like, give, making her, like, a series regular, but then that never happened. I can't even really remember
2: the details right. of it, but... But yeah, that that was that was that was a, that was a fun a fun. And they even made you do like a swimming like test. Or oh God! Like, you had to like swim, the, you know, because that was like part of the yeah. you know, like diving into the ocean to save somebody. although that wasn't that wasn't my favorite part.
0: You're like jumping into the Pacific at like seven in the morning and it's freezing. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then running slow motion on the beach. I'm sure, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, but it
1: was. <laughs>
0: Right, and one of the shows I did watch that you had a recurring role was not Reasonable Doubts. I used to love that show. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, you know, that's probably my favorite part that I've ever played in a way, because,
2: you know, people will, would never normally think of me being able to play like a police officer. Right, yeah. I, you know, I got to do, like, stuff with guns, and, but, like, in a real way, like, not in a kind of cheesy B-movie way. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I love the show, and I loved that procedural kind of drama, and I and I loved Peggy Elliott. You know, she, my character, just you know was going through stuff, and I just got a chance to do things that I'd never done before, and it, and I, I didn't feel it was about how I
0: looked, which was just so refreshing. Yeah, it was a substance of the character. <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah. I, I have such fond memories of that. I wish, I wish I could have done you know more seasons, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Now, do you watch anything now on TV? Oh, I yeah everyone talks about that I, I, I have not watched that yet I really should get onto that and I, I to be honest I don't really w- watch a lot of network stuff but you know I, I like Silicon Valley and and, and uh, Kurt Rundt-Dude Oh, of course yeah offbeat stuff but yeah. like, in terms of network dramas This
1: Is Us is so good I'm really into that show right now but yeah what what else do I watch um and I like Shameless I've been watching Shameless this season that's really good
0: yeah I, I'm um, a couple seasons behind to that one Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's another one no, I, I haven't watched yet. I heard that's yeah, pretty good, yeah. It's, it's really good. It's David Simon, he did The Wire. The Wire, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've been binge watching so much on Netflix lately. Uh, it, check out Mindhunter. it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's with uh, Jonathan Groff, who okay. uh, yeah, he voiced. I think he voiced one of the characters from Frozen, and he's been to other stuff too. He's he's really he's really talented. Oh, I have to check that out. Yeah, and then like The Punisher and like all that Stranger Things and everything. Yeah, like that. yeah.
1: I haven't. You know,
2: I'm. I'm I feel like I'm one of the only people that hasn't
1: checked out Stranger Things, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Exactly, I know that that's the one b- thing about me. You know, sitting on the train going to work, I have like an hour and a half each way that I can oh, sit that's and watch, great. and that and that's what I do. But I, I really recommend is a kind of like a mock documentary on Netflix called American Vandal, okay. and it's really funny because it takes place in this high school, and so, some kid or adult, whatever, uh, draws a bunch of dicks on cars on the parking lot. And they're trying to figure out who did it, and it's about eight to ten episodes of. The, they break down everything. They do interviews. It's it's well done. It's really entertaining. So if you have a few hours. Wow, that sounds interesting. Well, thanks for the tips. I'll definitely check those out. Yeah, it's it, it's really it's really entertaining too. That's great. Yeah, but Vanessa, thank you so much for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and. Oh, And a special thanks to Vanessa Angel for joining us today. She was such a sweetheart. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at thefirstnoel 19 Be sure to like the page Reliving My Youth on Facebook. You can rate and review the show on iTunes. Keep the reviews coming. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth. Real soon.